0: Hello and welcome back to the Living Imperfectly podcast with me, your host, Claire. You're listening to the podcast that provides you with real, honest discussions on how embracing imperfection can be a helpful approach to improving our relationship with food, body image, exercise, and navigating through our messy lives in general. Today's episode, I am joined by a lovely guest. Yay, it's been a while. I've got Amy on and we are going to be talking about the wonderful topic of self-awareness and how it's really the first step to making long-lasting change. I am super chuffed that Amy agreed to come on because she is based over in New Zealand so time difference was a bit tricky um, but I'm really glad that we've managed to make it work. Amy is a nutrition coach, a personal trainer, boxing trainer, ex-competitive boxer and a mum of two and she has also done the work on healing her relationship with food and her body and is passionate about helping others do the same. So let's get stuck into it. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm buzzing. Yeah, I'm so buzzing to be here. So yeah, I'm good. A, very well.
0: I was <laughs> away to say good morning, but it's not good morning with you because you're in the other no. Side of the world. It's
1: nighttime here in New Zealand. It's twenty six past eight at night. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> End it was- of the
0: day for me. <laughs> Um, you've recently been on holiday, haven't you?
1: Yes, I have. I've been to Fiji. Do you know where the Do you know where that is?
0: I yes, I know what it is, but I've never been. Uh, yeah. Oh, it? okay. Yeah,
1: I don't want to brag too much, but it was, oh. it was pretty amazing. Oh. Just sun, yeah, beautiful weather. The people there are probably the most amazing people I've ever met. It's just so friendly and welcoming, and um, like everyone's part of the family. And yeah, so.
0: Oh, nice! A
1: wonderful experience, and no kids as well. So, oh, I <gasps>
0: that, didn't realize. Um, I didn't realize that no kids. Oh, that's yeah, that's worth, say. Yeah, that's first time in, in a while without kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! Oh, I'm I'm very jealous about that. I could be anywhere, like just <laughs> just some time away. It's so good. Um. Yeah. Oh, nice yeah well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and I really appreciate your time because you're giving up some of your lovely time for our lovely listeners um a great topic that we're going to be talking about and that is self-awareness mm, yes why do you feel that we need to cultivate self-awareness I'm very curious about your thoughts on this <laughs> mm.
1: yeah well I think uh, it comes, It stems from my own journey myself and my relationship with food um, and, you know, my growth and learning and through my study. Um, and I think one of the main things is that we can't change what we're not aware of. And I think for so many people uh, it's a case of denial and shoving things under the carpet and um, it can be a lot of you know well there's a lot of emotion you know wrapped up with our with our relationship with food our body exercise um and there can be a lot of shame tied into that as well um and yeah so I think a lot of the time I put my hand up because I was kind of like the queen of like denial and shoving things under the carpet and um yeah and I think that that just I know you talk about um getting curious and yeah for me it's similar kind of thing like you know, with myself and with my clients, I kind of think of it as like holding up a mirror for them to kind of see what's going on, and uh, I think that's the first step to kind of unpacking things. And um, yeah, from there you can kind of branch out and and uh, yeah, kind of see what the next steps are. I guess.
0: Yeah totally like what you said there as well like getting curious is like big part of behavior change because like what you said like it feels at the time easier just to push things down because we don't like <laughs> Yeah, it's that thing of like it feels so uncomfortable to go through these these really tough emotions and um, like I can totally relate as well like that's similar to my kind of um, journey through relationship with food, exercise, body image, life, <laughs> life. <laughs> it's yeah. like, at the time it's like, it's so, we don't know how to handle these really tough emotions. So it feels like we just kind of, I'll just push it down and that's a good way. Like that, that is our coping mechanism at that time. Um, yeah. And also I think like sometimes how we do something is how we do everything
1: so it kind of hasn't yeah, a... I think I think it can't yeah I guess it, it, it kind of compounds and it builds and things become just normal to you and for a lot of people that I work with it's it's hard, really hard to articulate because if you don't know you don't know so it's like if you've always been um you know and I think I listened to one of your podcasts about your journey and about how um you know a lot of the time we're just barely surviving um and what we want to do is we want to move towards thriving. And if if all you've ever known is barely surviving, that's all you've ever known. And you can't you can't understand what it would be like to live in a different way, in a thriving way. So I think all of the time that the awareness of the behaviors is the is the first step of making that change from just <laughs> surviving and, and, and you get comfortable and um, it feels kind of like safe to, you know, rely on these behaviors. Um But I think for a lot of people, um, it gets to a point where the pain of staying the same kind of outweighs the pain and the scariness, I guess, of making that change.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a very, very good point. I think as well, sometimes if we've gone through this really tough emotions over and over again and nothing ever seems to work, that's also like, we believe that. We believe that we're just stuck in that place. Um, and also it's our environment as well. If we are like surrounded by people who are like, maybe that's kind of, they're stuck in that that system as well of barely surviving. Then we're not really like surrounded by people who are thriving, as I would say, and like, so it just seems like it's well that's just who I am I'm just this is this is the way that life is we get stuck in place um yeah so what kind of like we say it we say like you know self-awareness let's let's cultivate it but how do people start to create this
1: well I like well for me journaling's been a big part of my journey and I, I do like to encourage it with clients a lot of clients do have quite a, a roadblock towards it or um i think a lot of these practices as well you know can kind of get lumped into the like airy fairy basket or um so i kind of like to take the label off journaling and i i've kind of like reframed it <laughs> to a end of day review so i quite often get mm-hmm. clients to do that um And I kind of set them up with some questions about, you know, how their day went. And it's amazing uh, once they start paying attention to these things, like the like little light bulbs and revelations that can come out. Um, And, and once you take the label off journaling, because I think if you go, okay, I want you to journal. People are like, well, I don't know what to write. Um, You know, they either think like um, as a teenager, like, oh, dear diary, like, you know Jane was a real dick to me at school blah 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 and like they don't want to do that or like I think there is quite a roadblock to it so I mean sometimes for people that are open to it I might be like okay I want you to set a timer for two minutes and just write it doesn't matter what it is so for some situations like a real brain dump scenario is really good Um, but I do find that this end of day like quite a structured end of day review is quite helpful to pick up on patterns so it might be Asking questions like, "How were your hunger levels today? How were your energy levels? How uh, how restricted did you feel today? Um, did you have any um, triggering situations or strong emotions or feelings that caused you caused you to uh, act out of line with your goals today?" So really reflecting on what happened throughout the day, um, and then as well, like once you're starting to, that's like the first step of the awareness part, then. I like to bring in like, and what actions could you do tomorrow to kind of improve on that? Um, So yeah, the awareness starts first and then depending obviously on what the trigger was, what's going on, whether they've, you know, if they're they're picking up on, uh, they're always overeating in in the evenings, like these patterns start to arise and then you can put two and two together. It's like, oh, okay, if I look back of my end of day reviews, I'm under eating during the day this is why the overeating is happening and then you can build in the strategies from there. But yeah, like I said in the start, if you don't, if you're not aware of what you're doing, if you don't know, you don't know. So, um, yeah, I find that works really well to start like slowly unpicking things because sometimes it's, it's quite overwhelming when you're struggling, you know, with, uh, you know, a poor relationship with food. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, where do I start? And it just starts with really small, like one little thing at a time. Um, and like, yeah, once you pull on, <laughs> it's like pulling on a string. Like, so you pull on it, starts to like slowly unravel. Um, and obviously, that's you know, as a coach, that's what we're there to support clients with, like giving them the tools to like, okay, stuff's so unraveling a bit. Yeah, um, that's when we obviously build in the strategies. But um, what do you think? How do you support? Your clients to you know start creating self-awareness
0: yeah same yeah journaling is it's so powerful right um and similar you know some of my clients are like instantly like up for it and some of them are like oh my god what do I say it, it's, it's the unknown of what's going to unravel in your if, I guess if you're so used to um pushing things down it's like quite scary to let that come out but it's like what you say it's nice and just take it at your own pace um and as well like yeah exactly I can totally relate when you were saying about um light bulb moments I think that's the the thing that I when you get a new client and they're starting to like do this stuff that is the word that I hear all the time oh my god I had a light bulb moment oh my god this happened like oh and I didn't realize this and I didn't realize that and it can be either exciting it can be scary it can be uncomfortable it can be so much like mixed emotions and you're spot on that's what we're as coaches are there to help with so that you're not alone in this I guess unraveling um but another thing as well is like once i mean i know i I see it some you know in some of my clients but i remember this in my own journey it's like okay i'll start with like exercise i think it's exercise and you you open up that box and then you're like right okay well i've done all the stuff i need to do in there oh shit it's the food and then you go all right okay well i'll just go and get all that stuff and we'll do the same process and then i'm like oh my god it's my body image and then you're like oh my god right okay I'll unravel this (laughs) yeah
1: yeah it's so intertwined it's so intertwined
0: (laughs) so intertwined and you realize when you start to I kind of explain it as like it's like a jigsaw you know and there's just some bits that we kind of need to put together and some bits are maybe a little bit missing and it's about figuring out as we go along and everybody everybody is so unique as a person, their lived experience their every like the way you know they're thinking yes, there's some patterns and some similarities but I think that's the beauty of one of the reasons I love coaching is that is that uniqueness and the different challenges and different things that come up and you're like there's so much similarities, but just that uniqueness I think is is great i like that um but yeah journaling is a huge big tool i use i think as well like alongside that is again it can sometimes be a bit oh that sounds a bit wishy-washy but alongside that to kind of help with some of the tough emotions is really about reg emotional regulation and trying to implement some coping mechanisms that are going to help so you know meditation yoga whatever the nicer things that maybe we're too busy doing busy hectic stressful things that we've maybe not allowed just some calming stuff um it can that can be as well same as journaling there can be some like resistance to it um but then also there can also be once it's implemented then it becomes like oh my god I love this I can't I can't not have this in my life Um, it's just as cliche as it sounds it's a journey it's uh
1: yeah
0: isn't it I mean it is cliche but self-awareness it's like an awakening into like getting curious about you and all your quirks and stuff like that so yeah there's some definitely yeah yeah that's that's good that we're yeah similar stuff well
1: yeah we yeah when you touched on the um emotional dysregulation um it's like when i listen to your journey and obviously through my journey and through my study and through working with people that's like you know the main the main thing in terms of regulating emotions and yeah there can be there can be some you can come up to some resistance against it uh and but i i feel like sometimes when you explain it to people in a different way they kind of and and once they start working on this stuff too that like they kind of get it like i was talking to one of my clients the other day about the window of tolerance i'm not sure if you're aware of it yeah and you know at the place where we can you know process our feelings in a healthy way we're thriving we're self-aware you know we're able to cope we're comfortable and we can we've got effective coping strategies you know to deal with stress and emotions and all these things and then um we can obviously get pushed up into this fight or flight state where we can have anxiety and panic and fear and stress and that's when you know poor coping strategies come in and you know we're emotionally just dysregulated and then we can also drop down into this freeze state where we shut down uh, we feel like withdrawn and um you know depressed or fatigued, numb, disconnected and kind of checked out. Um and again, that's where the poor coping strategies come in. And I can obviously I, I I've seen myself, you know, go up and down these states. Um and then once I explain it to clients as well, they can actually see themselves. Like when I have um, you know, they've been working for me for a while, they're like, Oh, I just went up into this fight or flight state. And um, and then um I did my box breathing and um and I came back down and I felt calm and then you know, I didn't overeat and so like this is like like for me, this is life, like this is my passion and my wins when I see, you know, when I've you know explain this concept to um clients and they can um go away and internalize it and you know, put in the strategies that we're working on and they can support themselves to like come back to this window of tolerance and be able to regulate themselves. And they're like, and I didn't eat the biscuit, you know, the whole packet of biscuits. I did my box breathing, or I went for a walk or, um, you know, I surfed the earth, like all these things um, that they've learned. And I think that's, again, like you're saying light bulb moment, like that's when like the penny drops or the, or the light bulb switches on and you're like, okay, <laughs> this is, um, I'm really seeing and feeling the benefits of it, because I think, yeah, with like things like meditation, and yoga, and breathing, and all these things, yeah, people can like roll their eyes at them, and be like, well, I don't want to do that, but I think if you can, if they're open to giving them a, a try, and not just once, you know, it's like, it's like you know they have to put in the reps, you know, just like you do at the gym. Um, you know, I, they say that meditation is like reps for your brain. Um, but if we if we put in the reps in these day to day strategies, um, then it supports us with our overall emotional regulation. And then there's also stuff that we can do in the moment as well. But I think um, it's it's a yeah it's a balance of working on the day-to-day stuff because life is never going to be not stressful. It's never going to be crazy and chaotic and, um, you know, we might have a calm period in the seas, but then it's going to be rough again, you know. So um, and that's when you need to rely on those strategies like even more. And that's when I find a lot of clients is, you know, they might either ghost or put their head in the sand and like be like, oh, I've just had a horrible week. Um, And, you know, that happens, life happens. Um, And I think that's the main thing that I see with my clients is when they would usually, like, have a bad week and fall off the wagon uh, and things would spiral, like, as they progress in their journey, like, it's not to that extent. It might be, like, a small slip and then they can pull themselves back in um and they don't and I think that comes into language as well it's not like it might not even be it goes from like being a whole bad week a quote-unquote bad week to like uh, a couple of rough days to like a bad day to like oh I, I've had a sketchy moment in my day but I pulled myself back um and I think yeah those wins are amazing
0: yeah oh yeah, yeah. I well, I actually because I'm a little bit ahead of the game for a change with my podcast. <laughs> two po- podcast, I'm um, two podcasts back from this recording. Yeah. Is one that's going out about window tolerance. Um, ah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> um, I actually um, I talk about that with my clients as well, and um, I did a talk last month and that was like the main thing that I talked about I and I actually think I, mean, I, I agree with you I think that can be the the point where people can ex- understand that they're not broken they're not um like it it's that that there's a reaction to there there's an uncomfortable trigger thoughts feelings whatever and that it's a body response and actually, that awareness that you can bring of what is happening and something that I say to clients to kind of build on it's if and then statements so ah, yes
1: I love those yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: it's, it, and that can be like straight because um you know like you can have that in your phone and you can have. I mean everybody has their phone on them all times I mean we can't live without our phones can we but it's things like you know just in in your notes like section or whatever I mean if anybody saw my notes section (laughs) but if it's in there and it'd be like so when you've got that feeling you've got that awareness okay well if I feel this then you have your little your little mini toolbox in your phone and you're like then I will and, and you know and we build on it and it might not necessarily always be work in that way but it's kind of like going through that okay that's not really working for me right now but I've got this backup plan I'll maybe try this instead but you're actively proactively trying to do something about it which is better than in action really so anything you know trying anything and it's always a lesson to learn like it's all we're always continually learning I think sometimes when we're in this like building self-awareness we we feel like Okay, so I'm gonna be aware, and then I'm gonna get it perfect. With uh, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. no chance. <laughs> it doesn't really work like that. Um, yeah. So and like what you were saying before, like about life. Life stuff happens, right? There's it's messy, it's imperfect. There's highs, there's lows, there's all the messy stuff in between, um, and it's it's not so scripted like. I mean, if and then statements are helpful, but like I was saying to caveat that it doesn't guarantee that that's the thing. So we kind of have to have some kind of like flexibility or allow and be okay with it being imperfect is what I'm kind of saying. It's kind of in line with the podcast really. <laughs> so, yes. Um, Same time. Yeah, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think I kind of wanted to pull on like, your you said toolkit and uh you were talking about that in your podcast episode about your journey as well and yeah i really love the other aspect of um you taking action in your, your strategies in terms of your toolkit because you've got your day-to-day management but then you've also got your in the moment strategies that like similar to the if and then um but i i um I can't remember where I heard it from now, but I have like officially stole it. Anyway, it's just A P T. Um, and it's awareness, pause, and then toolkit. So, um, so say you're in a triggering situation, the kids are stressing you out, and you're in the kitchen, and um usually your automatic response is to like go and grab a biscuit or whatever it is. Um, like obviously the first part is the awareness part of like, oh, I'm feeling what am I feeling here? It's possibly stress. Um, and then inserting that pause, which not easy to do, like creating that pause because um often we go from like, you know, zero to hundred or from like stress to packet of biscuits. And then at the end we've like we're like, what on earth just happened here? I don't know how I got to the end of this packet of biscuits. Um so that's a big thing that I build in with my clients cultivating that pause um and then from that pause inserting something from the toolkit so it might be box breathing or it might be surfing the urge and going for a walk or it might be I don't know. sometimes I'll go and like lock myself in the toilet and just take a breath or oh. um, take myself off to the room I mean it depends what the situation is <laughs> like if you're in a um you know a business meeting or something like that you can't just like go like And, like, close your eyes and start box breathing. But something like taking yourself off to the bathroom, I just think breath is really great because it's so accessible. Like, you know, um, you can't always get out for a walk or you can't always go and do a journal. But, like, it takes literally one minute, if that, to take uh, a few deep breaths. Uh, And, again, yeah, I think that you can't really explain how transformative that is. Um, and uh, Amelia Thompson she always talks about when you're in that um, like heightened kind of triggered fight or flight state you can't think your way out of it and she talks about um, ground up approaches or bottom up sorry bottom up approaches um, so breathing is a really good one for that to have in your toolkit uh, but yeah everyone yeah like you said I, I really agree that it takes a little bit of experimentation to see what strategies in your toolkit work for you and what, what situations. Um, and so, yeah, I like to kind of sometimes, <laughs> some clients that are a little bit hesitant towards it, it's like, okay, well, let's just try a little experiment, you know, like um, to give it a try. And that's the thing, you, if you don't try, you don't know. Um, and you can be pleasantly surprised, pleasantly surprised as to, you know how some of these tools can actually support you, and when you have that one, <laughs> that uh, you and you can reflect back and go, "Hey, I just was stressed out with the kids, and I paused, I took some breaths, I calmed myself down, and I didn't eat the biscuits." Like that is, uh, yeah, that's pretty amazing, amazing feeling. Like if you're doing it yourself, and then as a coach as well too you know experience that your clients are getting those ones as well I think it's very it's very kind of
0: that's what I'm passionate about that's what gives me purpose yeah yeah I, I love that cult that is probably one of the biggest things that I say to clients is we're cultivating a pause the stop practice yeah. is like the, probably the most popular one that I would say is like just that, like you say it's cultivating that just that like it takes one minute, maybe even less, is to stop. We are so busy being like rushing around and they're so it's so chaotic. And like we were saying, if you have kids, it's a million miles an hour. And then um and they're also going through that's one thing I think I've really big part of my journey of emotional regulation is being with young kids who are they've got they're experiencing really like tough emotions like growing just you know being kids and i think having that awareness of what that actually is because sometimes things can get heated with the kids because they're (laughs) they're going through tough emotions you've got tough emotions and sometimes that just a deep breath in deep breath out i'm like right what is going on here is that awareness pause yeah exactly <laughs> what you're saying and like right okay i i see what's happening here let's calm things down um even like because i know it's really hard for you know families and stuff because I feel like we've got no time to do these little mini moment things but actually what i've really learned i mean is i do them with my kids because i like now my my oldest daughter she actually asks to meditate how cool is that like ah i know like if she gets if she gets it goes kind of gets really in that fight or flight kind of state she recognizes it i want to do i want to do the rainbow or the other one is the um yeah smell the flower smell the flowers, blow out the candle. Um, it's, it's so simple. I actually do it for myself. I'm like, just smell the flowers, <laughs> blow out the candle. So you've got you, Claire. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's like... Is it a guided one? It's a guided one. It, it was something that I came across on YouTube or something. I just put in, like, I was, like, in this, like, panic mode. Like, oh, my God, like, we, need to, we all need to calm down. Let's try and do a med- <laughs> and I thought <then laughs> that found it and that's the one that sticks in her head um or another one is box breathing but with her with a thing with your finger so that it's ah, a, yeah. a visual um and I think now that I do that with them around it, it's because it's like the mum guilt of like taking yourself away for like two minutes um it's like well can we not all can we can all do this together um it's messy and perfect chaotic a little bit but actually the more that we kind of do it it's quite cool and I sometimes think how would life be if I had that in my life at a a young age as well because I don't know what it's like in New Zealand but they've started to introduce stuff like that in uh, nurseries and uh, primary schools and stuff like that um oh really yeah, yeah yeah like I went into one of the nursery and there and they were like doing yoga and I was like yoga at nursery cool
1: yeah that's amazing I mean I think they do a little bit of movement and stuff like that I'm not sure about meditation my son's kind of showed a little bit of interest as well but often because I mean sometimes if he's emotional he'll kind of take himself off and you know have a little time out and then come back but then because they know that I do it as well I think now that they kind of they understand that I'm like oh mommy just needs to go and have a minute to just breathe but in the room and uh yeah they kind of understand sometimes it might be while my daughter's in her room having a tantrum I might be like Yeah.
0: yeah so that
1: I and I think I think it's um and I think it supports how you show up I mean all of these things support how you show up so it's I I know it's like cheesy and you know but it's like oh you've got you can't pour from an empty cup and and it's like it's so it is so cheesy but but it is so true and I do work with a lot of busy working mums and yeah like I kind of agree what you said before um about bringing little pockets of joy within your day like little snippets and I think that for a lot of um, women mums that struggle with their relationship with food food becomes you know their only comfort their only joy um whether it's during the day or whether it's at the end of the night when the kids are in sleep like that's how they um you know get that's that's how they soothe themselves so obviously all of these tools that we're bringing in are uh, finding other ways to soothe themselves other than food but also bringing in that joy within their day um which is something that I, I try and do and I think that it doesn't have to because I think it can be overwhelming it's like oh, I've got to do all these things I've got to do a meditation I've got to do a workout I've got to like prep my food I've got to work like I got to pick up the kids there's it, just like more and more and more and more things on the to-do list so I think that what I try and do is make it accessible so it's not it's not like oh god I have mm-hmm. to do all these extra things but it's like what little moments can you steal away like for me, it's like the sunrise or the sunset um, and quite often um, I'll do like beauty hunting. So I might take a photo of these things or um, it might be just going outside between meetings and just getting some fresh air. Or it might be hugging your kids. Like I think being present and bringing in that mindfulness Um in the moment like bringing in mindful eating and all these things that don't actually take up extra time and often when we're like in this like hustle culture busy 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 we're not actually we don't actually end up being productive when we're like multitasking we're trying to work and take care of the kids at the same time and eat while we're um doing our work and all of these things actually slowing down and focusing more on single tasking and you know, focusing on one thing at a time and then taking like these little short moments and little short breaks and then being present in what you're actually doing. I noticed that it's a big change in me that, you know, when you're trying to do work and be with the kids at the same time, you're just half-assing both. That when you actually go, okay, I'm going to focus on this first and now I'm going to be present with the kids. Like, it, 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 it's more enjoyable for them. It's more enjoyable for uh us and we show up a lot better and I think that um yeah that's so often like a little homework task I'll give clients is like oh where can you find these little pockets of joy in your day
0: yeah oh. what do you think do you yeah yeah same um the <laughs> same uh I'm like yep that's exactly what I kind of implement with clients is like it's that feeling of like oh that's another thing to do but actually we're yeah when you're talking like micro things you know even like pausing to look at the sunrise or if you're out early or whatever it is like I like to go out running in the morning and now that it's getting to the time of year where I'm seeing a sunrise it's pausing and just being like oh that's nice and that that's my mini moment of joy um and it's first thing in the morning so it's like it just you know that ripples into my day um but yeah that's something that I talk about with clients is many it's like the mini moments what's like just the things because we if we just slow down just like a fraction we build that awareness of what's going on (laughs) We can be a bit more we can be more grateful for things that, the small things as well, you know, just even like getting a nice message from a friend or have or pausing and to give give somebody a, a message and tell them like that you're thinking of them or whatever. Like that's and we all find joy in different ways. And that's what's great about it. Um it massively changes things, I think, for you.
1: Yeah. As a big perspective change, I think, from this, you know, I guess it's, like, destination, you know, like, happiness is a destination. Like, I'll be happy when. Oh. it's called another arrivals fallacy, you know, arrivals yeah, yeah. fallacy. And I think uh, diet culture is good for that, you know. I'll be happy when I'm X number on the scales, or I'll be happy when um, I'm this dress size, or, uh, you know, these things. And... <laughs> It took me a long time to figure that out, uh, yeah. and yeah, I think that when you, when again you have a light bulb moment, the penny drops. It's like, no, I won't be happy when it's not like a magic wand of like, all right, your XKGs, you're happy now. Like, it doesn't work like that. That you actually have to, yeah, create happiness comes from you know you seeing and experiencing and being grateful for you know little little moments of joy in your day but I mean I think that obviously I want to be careful that I'm not like you know it's not all it's not all sunshines and rainbows and po- toxic positivity because yeah that's not how things go but I think those little moments of joy help balance out <laughs> yeah. you know the stress and everything um, yeah. and yeah again just to give you that perspective
0: Yeah, I think that's so important to say that is like, it's being mindful of like toxic positivity because some, you know, life does throw shit at us sometimes. Like that's a kind of a guarantee, isn't it really? Nobody goes, goes, that's life, that's part of of being human. And I guess that kind of goes back to like self-compassion and understanding that that is part of being a human and how we respond to that is important um because it's not all going to be you know unicorns sunshine and rainbows and stuff like that um but ultimately but equally it's not all doom and gloom um so it's about understanding kind of everything um so yeah no i totally get that it's actually when you said about um i'll be happy when made me laugh because the podcast i did with becky um it was I think I said something along the lines similar to that where it was like I that's one statement that I feel can be really really detrimental to ourselves to say I'll be happy when um because like I used to say that as well like when you were talking about oh kgs on the you know when I see that number I'll be happy and stuff and I do remember like feeling like that before and when you when you reflect backwards and you like yeah but when I was that way or when I did look that way was I actually happy <laughs> it is like it like I've always come to the conclusion no um so it's like really about kind of understanding what is it what is it actually that makes you feel happy enjoy, what brings you that become aware yeah. of it I, get curious
1: yeah <laughs> I think um I've had a few talks with clients recently and I mean, I experienced it in my journey, but I think just touching on that whole, like I'll be happy when I'm a certain number or I'll be, for me, it was always skinny or lean or, um, but I think what I'm seeing is like the happiness and like the freedom and like the weight lifted off shoulders of like, you know, when a client's like, I went to a social event and I wasn't preoccupied with food and I really enjoyed the food. I made choices that were in line with my goals and I stopped when I was full and I didn't finish my plate. and like that makes me so happy and I'm so proud of myself and I would never have done that before and like this is someone that came to me that was like, I really struggle with being consistent. I really struggle with like undereating and overeating and all or nothing and all these things. And like, <laughs> so that to me is you know happiness and joy that I can experience it and my clients can experience it. Um, and that that you don't get that joy, you might be like, oh sweet, I'm XKGs. But like, if you're still preoccupied preoccupied with food and you're miserable and um, you're not able to manage your emotions and stress and all of these things and you're just kind of you know surviving uh then
0: yeah is that
1: true yeah. happiness
0: oh yeah it's a bit like it's the best feeling isn't it like to like get a call with a client or read a message or check-in or something and they've said like what you've just explained i i i'm like i'm like always like yeah <laughs> Yes, that's what yeah. we're talking about you're thriving you're doing it like yeah. yeah um it always gives me like the goosebumps I'm just like oh this is like this is what I'm here for I love it and <laughs> it's a it's, yeah. a it's a great thing because yeah I, I it keeps I guess it keeps it sounds very similar like we both get this that kind of thing with our clients and it keeps you wanting to just impact more, you know, help more people get that feeling. Because one of my clients who recently left, um, she said that it was so it's been so freeing. And I'm mm-hmm. wow, like to feel free of like these things that you have got tied to. Um and like it's always the same. Like you start at the beginning like a bit hesitant, a bit resistant, not really wanting to do it, and then leave and they're like, I wish I did this sooner. I wish I did this. Oh yeah. I know. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. but you didn't know. You only, you know, you you know now and you've done it now. Um, so yeah, I think it's just it's so good. Um
1: I think, yeah, the other the other feeling as well is the empowerment as well, which I really love when I see clients because I think like you said earlier, I think a lot of clients feel like they're broken and they're just always going to be like this, and there's nothing they can do. And so I think I think the whole empowerment side of it, um to know that they're in control of their choices, not in like a yeah. control like a control yeah. way. you know, control can be you know, a negative, but in a in a positive empowered way, I think, yes, yeah. an amazing,
0: freeing yeah. feeling, totally totally how um because we, when it's when we have like this resistant part to it because you know you've got the awareness you've got all these tools but it's like taking action on these things um and that can sometimes be a bit you know of a journey on its own is like how do you think that that get into that point where we are taking action on the things that are perhaps new a bit uncomfy how do you think that it helps?
1: I, I definitely I definitely find it's hard to get people over the line initially in terms of making that first step, I think. Yeah. Um I think that's the hardest part, making the first step to change, like signing on with a coach and be like, Okay, I'm going to invest in myself and do this for myself. And um I think that's you know, I always commend someone when they reach out or they take that first step. Um, and sometimes people will kind of like dip their toe and like reach out and be like, oh no, I'm mm-hmm. not ready. And I think, yeah, you do have to be ready. But I think once you make that first step um, and if you're with a good coach that supports you and reassures you um, and instead of kind of like, with my clients, I kind of like, and hold their hand you know at the start a little bit more um to help them get the ball rolling and i think uh creating that self-belief and evidence that they can do some of these things because i think if you've always failed on a diet uh, if you think nothing ever works for you if you think you're broken all of these things um it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and then you know um then you kind of act in that way like uh you know the scales will trip you up, and then you will overeat, and then you, and then that will kind of it feed into this cycle. So I think, you know, without support, people stay locked in these cycles. But I think if they make that brave step to step forward and get support, as I say, if you've got a good coach, um, you know, we're there to support them and build that evidence and self belief and little baby steps, and then as they gain more and more self-belief and self-efficacy, then, you know, you can pull back a little bit and let them take the reins more. Um, but I think as well, yeah, reassurance is a big thing. Um, and not only well celebrating their wins, like we talked about before is like, you know, everything. But I think also the flip side is I don't, I don't wish my clients to have a bad week or trip up or stumble or anything like that. But as you say, like, as a coach, you expect it because life's not perfect. So I think that um, supporting them through the challenging times as well helps build that self-belief and efficacy as well because usually when they had a hard time, they fall in their quote-unquote fuck it bucket and they spiral and then that's, you know, the typical yo-yo kind of cycle. And what I talk about with clients is that it's more like a, Oh, no one can see me unless they're still watching a video, but you know, if if your if your goal is fat loss, you know, you might have a, a period where you lose, and then you might have a period where you maintain life happens, and you know, it goes in this jagged line. Um, and if you can not give up um and keep going, whether it's fat loss, whether it's your relationship with food, exercise, body, I think. <laughs> if you don't give up, you're going to get where you want to go. And I think that's the problem. You know, people give up at the first hurdle or the first challenge um, when life gets tough. And yeah, I think that's our job as a coach to support them and, and help them believe that they can get through the tough times without falling in the bucket, bucket. Um And yeah, support them to, yeah, if they do keep going, they, will get there
0: yeah what do you think I <laughs> agree I totally agree um I think for the clients that I work with because a lot have done like the 6 to 12 type week like fed type things there there's an expect a, an expectation of maybe stuff that they've happened before so there's this expectation that it's this time there's like a an a, a time that they've maybe thought in their head like my everything's going to be done in six weeks time or whatever so I do I think I totally agree like having a good coach that's going to support you and make you aware of the more realistic expectations um so that all these little bumps along the way it's like you're you know kind of explaining like well because you tried all the this kind of things before and you've maybe got an expectation But in reality, when you think about it, you've kind of never got to that point yet. So it's about challenging these like thoughts and beliefs that we've maybe got about it as well. But 100% turning up for yourself every day. It doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be like you are grinding like everything out. You're ticking all the boxes. But simple thing is like turning up and saying, what am I what what's in my capacity today. Um and you know, allowing allowing that to go because you like what you said, life stuff happens. It's not always going to be, you know, linear. It's not your progress isn't always linear. It's kind of like life, but it's ups and downs and all the wild I always say it's like being on a roller coaster. We we're gonna go up and down and round the corner and who knows what we're gonna do, but we're gonna stay on the roller coaster and we're not gonna jump off it. <laughs> so that's kind of a, a way that I kind of approach it really as well. But it's yeah, just stay on stay on that roller coaster of Yeah.
1: <laughs> and don't beat yourself up about it when when you, yeah. you know, hit a bump in that roller coaster. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you talk about self compassion a lot, which yeah. I think you've got a whole podcast on that.
0: Oh, <laughs> we could be here all
1: day talking about self self compassion. Again, I mean, one of those things that people are like, "Oh, you can't see me, but la la la." Like, you
0: yeah, know, yeah. but <laughs> It is a crucial thing to to learn. It's not, you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily like easy. Um, and actually, something that I heard uh, yesterday was Amelia thompson and uh emma story gordon talking about uh not not only self-compassion but compassion to others as well um so i do think that that's key as well just practice some kindness towards yourselves and others because yeah we're all going through life the roller coaster (laughs) Um, we're all human we're human it's part of being a human Um yeah. (laughs) I sometimes like look at my cat and my dog and I think, God, they've got it right. (laughs) Got it right. (laughs) Um, right. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about about self-awareness? Uh
1: I think we've I think we've been quite comprehensive. I I don't think I have anything to add.
0: Yeah. It's been a really good chat, like thanks again for coming on because I think sometimes even speaking about it and if you're one of our clients or you're not one of our clients and you're curious or you think that maybe you're the only one that's kind of going through that I think it sometimes can be helpful to have these types of chats because it can bring awareness that (laughs) this is something that is really really important for behavior change long-term success and what we're truly wanting to do with our health and fitness goals or whatever it is even in life I would go as far to say um yeah yeah
1: I think yeah I would stick in that in terms of yeah it it's hard to articulate but it's so much more than just diet and exercise and I think that you know you work holistically and holistically can kind of have this like you know, again, an airy-fairy kind of tone to it. But um, when you begin this journey and you work on it, you know, and you go on your journey and it's, I think, you know, you never clock it. You're not like, sweet, I clocked my relationship with food. You know, like it is a, you know, it is a constant journey. You know, life will kind of, again, still happen. But uh, where was I going with that? Oh, oh, yeah, I, I guess my main point was like, it, it has the power to make your life infinitely better uh, and, you know in all in all areas and all facets of your life it can can trickle down. Uh, and I think that yeah if it, if if uh, hopefully our talk has inspired someone to yeah. you know make a positive step forward in some in some way to start their journey or continue their journey if they're having a hard time, because uh, yeah, it's not easy, but it's hundred percent thousand percent worth it
0: totally i yeah i agree thanks again for taking the time to come on and thanks to our lovely listeners for taking the time to listen to this podcast i hope that you have taken something from this episode that has helped in some way if you want to get in touch with amy or myself i will pop our contact details in the show notes so please reach out And I really look forward to meeting you again on the next episode.